My name is Huizi Mankeretete, and I have been given this wonderful opportunity to come and share the word of God with all of us. Amen. Amen. And I'm not alone. I'm with my twin brother here, Brother Andile. Yes, the Lord blessed us with yet another year yesterday. That's why I call him my twin. Amen. 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 And I want to thank our wonderful MC. Thank you for leading the service today. And may God continue to use you throughout the service. Amen. 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 So today I would like to share with us about receiving direction from the Lord. How we receive it and how we respond to it. So we're going to be talking on the subject of receiving and responding to the direction of the Lord. Amen. So in this church, I've been taught that a matter is established at the witness of two or three scriptures. So I'm going to take it a little step further. And establish this matter with scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament. So we're going to learn from, to, to draw lessons from a couple of people in the Bible where God gave direction and we're going to look at how they responded. Maybe before we get into that, can I just read a word for, to our fathers as we wish them a happy Father's Day and in that include our youth as it is still Youth Month. I'm going to read from First John chapter 2. We'll read verse 13 and 14. First John chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. It reads as follows. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Nginilobele ninabantuanyana ngoguba niamazu yise. Nginilobele nanibo yise ngoguba niamazu ye na okona na sekalini. Nginilobele zintiswa ngoguba ninamansha. Izwi liga nkulunkulu lishalagini ni mngobile omubi. Hallelujah. I believe, I, I believe this scripture speaks to our fathers and our youth, not only the young men and the young ladies as well. It says, fathers, I write to you because you have known him who is from the beginning. 
the young people it says that I write to you because you have overcome the evil one and you are strong. He further goes on to say, and the word of God lives in you. It is the prayer of my heart that fathers of the house, that you continue in your knowledge of God so that you may be able to lead your families well. Continue in your knowledge of him. And young people, continue in your strength. Continue in the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So let us start off by looking at the life of Abraham. Abraham. We will read from the book of Genesis chapter 12. We'll read uh, a few verses here and there. So Let's start from, from the first verse, Genesis 12, verse 1-3. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We see here God giving an instruction God is directing Abram and he says, leave all your people, your country and everything that you are familiar with. And go to the land I will show you. This is a very strange direction. Go, leave everything that you know, that you are comfortable with, that you are familiar with, and go to a land that you do not know, but I will show you. This is the instruction that God gives. But the instruction comes also with a promise. He says, I will make you great. And I will make you a blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. So God gives a direction and a promise that goes along with it. Let's read verse 4. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him, and Lord went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lord, all the possessions that he had accumulated and the people he acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. So here we see Abraham responding to this direction of the Lord. But I see something interesting in verse 4. The circumstances that Abraham was finding himself in at the time of that call. 
The Bible says the man was 75. 75 is not a young man. This is an old, mature, fully grown man. And God says to him, live everything that you know, everyone that you know. And go to the land I will show you. But I love the way Abraham responded. The Bible says that he left everything as God instructed. And took his wife and his nephew. Take note, he had no child, yet the promise says, I will make you into a great nation and your name will be great. So we have here a very old man without a child being sent to an unknown land. Hallelujah. Amen. We see, as we follow his story in Genesis chapter 15, we see God making a covenant with Abraham. God says to Abraham in Genesis 15 from verse 4, can we read that? Genesis 15 verse 4. The word of the Lord came to him, to Abraham. This man will, he, so he was, at that point, he had, remember he had left at age 75. He remembered the promise said he will be made into a great nation. Now years are passing. And he says to himself that maybe because I do not have a child. If I die and I leave all these possessions that I have, maybe they will go to my servant. Because I do not have anyone. But God says this to him. This man will not be your heir. But a son coming from your own blood will be your heir. He, he took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, So shall your offspring, offspring be. A Abraham, can, let me read it and then you can read it in Zulu. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him righteousness. Amen. This is where we see God responding and being moved by the faith that Abraham showed. A man who left home at age 75 without a child. Being led by the word that said, go to a place I will show you. And I will make your name great. We see Abraham believing God. And God accrediting that to him as righteousness. When God gives us a direction, 
our circumstances not agreeing with their direction. What do we do along the way? Do we call unto him and say, God, this is not working out? And allow him to reignite our faith. And continue in that same direction. We see God continuously through the other chapters that follow. God affirming his covenant with Abraham. In chapter 17, he says to him again, in verse 3 and 4, Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will your name be called Abram, but you will be Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. This is God affirming Abraham that the step that he has taken is the correct one. At this point, he is 99 years old. The direction came at 75. The promise came at age 75. Now he is 99. There is no son. But still calls him a father of nations. Our situations do not change God's plan. His word remains. How do we respond on the other hand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second person I would like us to look at is Moses. We see the story of Moses in the book of Exodus. Exodus. I, I teach at work. So many of the teachers here will also agree with me that when you teach students or learners, don't give them everything. We have what we call homework and self-study and research. research. You will notice I'm mentioning some of the scriptures but not reading all of them. I will leave that to yourselves to do a self-study. So you can read from Exodus chapter 2 to, to get the full background of the life of Moses. But we remember that Moses was born of a Hebrew woman. But he was raised by an Egyptian woman. Not just an Egyptian woman. But the, the daughter of Pharaoh himself. Self-study for the details. Amen. So, let's pick up on this from Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. I will just try and read it quickly. 
The Lord said to Moses, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Ngako hamba, ngia kukutuma kufaro, guba ukipe ekipite abantubami, abantuana bagwa Israeli. Until this time. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that summary. <laughs> so here is Moses. God is speaking to him. Clear instruction. And his instruction is even more detailed compared to Yaha uh, Abraham. God says, so now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out with my people of Israel out of Egypt. Clear instruction. Now let's look at how Moses responds. But maybe before we look at his response, let's check his circumstance also. The, the background he was coming from. We mentioned he was born of a Hebrew woman but raised by an Egyptian woman. When you do your self-study, you will realize he killed an Egyptian. Whom he witnessed abusing an Israelite. So Moses lived some form of a torn life, caught between two places. Born a Hebrew, raised an Egyptian. Later on in his life, he witnesses an Egyptian that he is meant to be relating with. He sees him abusing one of his own, a fellow Hebrew. And that stirred something inside of him. He came to this Israelite's defense and killed this Egyptian. Later on, he sees two Israelites fighting. He tries to correct them or, or, or rebuke them. And they respond and say to him, oh, do you want to kill us also? Or do you want to kill me the same way you did the Egyptian? He then realizes what he had done is now known. And now people fear him. And Pharaoh also knows. He decides to run away. And then he meets Jethro's daughters. He 
shows kindness to them and marries into the family. So that is the background of Moses. Now God calls him and says, go and rescue my people. The Israelites who fear him because they witnessed him killing someone. The Egyptians who do not like him because he killed one of his own. But God still sends him. Now let us go through the the the, the way he responds um, when God calls him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we read further on from Genesis three verse thirteen, God has just said to Moses, "Go to." I mean, Exodus, sorry, we are still in Exodus. Exodus 3, God has just said in verse 10 that go now, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. We will do a self-study on it. I'll just touch on a few key points. If you read the whole of chapter 3 and 4, you will get the full context. chapter 3 and chapter 4 was First of all, this is what Moses says. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? God says, go to Pharaoh and rescue my people. Moses says, who am I, Lord, to do such a thing? God says, go, I will be with you. Moses says, what if they ask, what is this, who is this God that is sending me to you? And God says, tell them I am who I am. Tell them I am has sent me. And to the Israelites, say this to them. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. So God shows him that you are not just sent by just about anybody. The great I am has sent you. That is what you must say to the Egyptians. To the Israelites, they know me as the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. Tell them that it is me who sends them. Hallelujah. Amen. You would think this would be more convincing for Moses. He says, but God, what if they don't believe me? God responds by showing him signs and wonders that he will perform. Because at these signs, then they will believe that I sent you. 
Moses says, but I'm not eloquent of speech. I speak slowly and I do not know how to speak very well. He disqualifies himself from this call. God says, go, I will help you speak. And I will teach you what to say. I think at this point, Moses should be convinced. He says, oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. At this point, God's anger raged up against Moses. And God said, I will send Aaron, your brother, to go with you. I will put my, my words in your mouth. And you will transfer it to Aaron. Aaron will do the talking. Has God's plan shifted? Has God's plan changed? It is still Moses who is being sent. But God provides resources for the task to be done. It It does not matter who you are. Your background does not matter. Your circumstances do not matter. How much you disqualify yourself. But God's plan and purpose for your life will never change. It will prevail. God himself will provide resources to make sure that it comes to pass. He will bring people to your aid to help you accomplish what he has called you for. Do not give up, child of God. Do not give up on your dream. Do not give up on your calling. It is God who has called you. The very one who began a good work in you will see it to completion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us let go of Moses' mentality and inadequacies. Moses. Because God will go with you. God will give you a word to speak. He will give you signs and wonders to follow you. And he will provide aid for you. Hallelujah. Another person I want us to look at is Jonah. By now, some of you might have picked up that these stories are stories that we learn from a young age. From Sunday school, we were taught the story of Abraham. We were taught the story of Moses. We were taught the story of Jonah. Although over time, I think there was some confusion between between Jonah and the fish who swallowed who. <laughs> <laughs> 
somewhere But someone swallowed someone somewhere there. But let's clarify that. Jonah uh, will read from the first chapter. One of those books that hide themselves in the Bible. But we will find it. Hallelujah. Amen. We are reading from chapter 1. I'll read verse 1 and 2. 1 and 2. Jonah. Jonah. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tashishi, where he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tashishi to flee from the Lord. So here we see Jonah receiving direction also from the Lord. Go to, to Nineveh. Now Jonah Clear instruction, the purpose is to go and preach against them, for they have sinned against me. Contrary to Moses, who argued with God, he decides to run away. If you follow the story, you'll notice he gets onto this boat, and then things start turning around. A, a big storm comes and the ship now, it seems like it's about to break. And the sailors were like, mm -mm, why is this happening? And they remembered, well, there's a person in this ship who told us he's running away from something. Maybe he's the cause. They confront him and he admits. And he says to them, you can throw me into the sea. Because they were enraged that this person is now causing a distraction in our lives. Indeed, they throw him in the water. And God makes provision for him. Remember, God's direction and God's plan needs to prevail. God provides a great fish that swallows Jonah. And, and Jonah stays three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. Hi, it, this was not a planned fasting because clearly when he's inside that belly of the fish, he's not eating. The situation became tough. 
And then he came to his senses. He prayed unto God. We see his prayer in chapter 2. And he comes with a repented heart. Chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, it says, when, But when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer arose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols and forfeit the grace that could be theirs, but I will sing a song of thanksgiving and sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord, at hearing this prayer of repentance, God commanded the fish to vomit uh, Jonah out into dry land. Jonah then was able to continue on to that mission that God had called him unto. In, chap in chapter 3, God reminds him and says, Go to Nineveh and proclaim the message that I have given you. Chapter three, he goes to Nineveh, tells them the message from the Lord. He says, on the first uh, on he proclaimed that 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. When the people of Nineveh heard this, fear came upon them. And they believed the word of God. They declared a fasting. The whole nation repented before the Lord. Even the king, he tore his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and prayed unto God. This moved God and God had mercy on them. Hallelujah. Amen. Because he is God who is patient enough for us that when we call unto him, repent and turn away from our wicked ways, he hears us. And he forgives our sins. Imagine if Jonah had not gone to Nineveh. God would have destroyed them. But because of Jonah and warning them of what is to come, they were able to repent and receive mercy from the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many of us, God has called us to be a, an answer or a breakthrough in another person's life. Our rebellion might be the end of the next person. So sometimes our calling is not for our own benefit. But it is for others. Child of God, you might be sitting there holding the answers of the world. 
you are holding gifts and ministries for us as the body of Christ. God wants to move us to another another level, a next step. Stop running away from the call of God. He has already provided his word. He is with you. And he will guide you. All that you need to do is trust him and follow him. And, and release that which she has placed in your life. Are we still okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we move over to the New Testament. Let's pick on the story of Philip. In the book of Acts chapter 8. Isenzo 8. We will read as a self-study from 26 to 40. Isenzo 8, 26 to 40. Here we see Philip, the angel of the Lord, speaking to him and directing him. The angel of the Lord says to him that he should go use the route from Jerusalem to Gaza, a specific road that he must use. He's directed to a specific road that he must use from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is meant to be just a U10 or you know Ma, God and when Philip goes on this road he meets an Ethiopian eunuch this European eunuch went to worship in Jerusalem so he was going to use that road interesting in love uh, Philip finds him reading the scripture. He reads the book of Isaiah. But there's something he doesn't understand. And as he's reading, that's when uh, Philip comes. And as this, the, the Philip, the, the eunuch says to him, I'm reading here. It says, this passage says, he was like a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb before his shearers. But he did not open his mouth. He continues to read and he's asking, but who is this who's speaking? Is it the prophet who wrote this talking about himself or who is this? person that is being referred to. Philip being a man on a mission, he takes advantage of the situation. Using that very scripture, he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ to the eunuch. The, the eunuch believes the word he gets saved and baptized. 
Here is a man who was holding the salvation of this eunuch. Had he not obeyed the direction of the Lord to go on that road, who knows if the eunuch would have been saved? Another man who obeyed the call of God. Peter and the disciples in John 21 from 1 to 11. Maybe let's read that one. John chapter 21. John 21. After Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter told them and said, I'm going out to fish. And so they replied, he will go with you. And they went with him. But that night they caught nothing. Here are experienced fishermen. Men who had been with Jesus. They go fishing. The whole night they do not catch anything. Early in the morning Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was him. He called out to them, friends, have you not any fish? And they answered and said, no. Then this is what Jesus says. Throw your net on the other side of the boat and you will find some. When they did this, they were unable to hold the net in because of the large number of fish that they caught. Why said Hugo, Ponsani ineta wele sokne ne somkumi, niza gutola, basebe ponza, ababe besaba na manja ogul tonza, nenga yobuningi bezin clans. Experienced fishermen, no fish the whole night. Jesus comes in the morning. Reminds me of a song. And he instructs them, throw your nets to the right side. Some scientists and people who study scriptures and history and so many things will we'll try and explain this situation and say that they did not catch throughout the night because of the cold temperature, the fish were not at the place where they were fishing and because of the tide, what it does in the morning, hours of the morning and the temperatures rising then the fish appeared that's why the fish were found on the right side of the boat. But wait a minute. We are talking about experienced fishermen. Surely they knew that. 
Surely they studied the behavior of the sea and the fish. But the situation changed. When the creator of the heavens and the earth appeared. The one who created the very sea and the fish in it. He said it does not matter that you've been fishing all night and not catching anything. Throw your nets to the right. My interpretation. The very word that spoke and the fish were created. When this word came out, the fish came flooding towards this boat. They had the instruction. Throw your nets to the right. right. And they came. Something very strange happened. It says they caught such a great number of fish. Using one net, they caught 153 fish. And the net did not break. Tell me that that was not God's doing. We serve a mighty and powerful God who is able to change our situations. When we respond and obey his word, we will see our breakthrough. Hallelujah. Allow me to throw in just one more story. Peter walks on water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We find this in, in, in all the Gospels, but I would like to read Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14. I hope we are noting these scriptures again for our self-study and to just like the Berean church to go and confirm if these things I'm saying are true. Matthew chapter 14 verse Immediately Jesus made, made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd so he instructed them go to the other side and then he stayed behind after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. And maybe let's just skip a few more. During the fourth of the watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. This, the scientists also, and the people who study these things, they'll explain it and say, Something kept him afloat, but I believe that he was doing what was humanly impossible, walking on water, because he is God. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Is it a ghost? They said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. 
Uma bembona la payana ise hamba pezu wa manzi. Ba memeza bekaba ngutige ispogi. Gepa uchesu wa isikulu magbona wati yibani isbindi. Yimina ninge sabi. And I like Peter. He caught onto that word of take courage and he took courage. Ntandu Petro ngobula lele izwi watige maktua imani sbindi. Na iwaesema isbindi. I can imagine him stepping out of fear and into courage. Nyambona la payana ipuma igusabini. And saying, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on water. Eseti, nkosi, umagunguwe, yisho uguba nyize guwe pezu kwa manzi. Jesus did not argue with him. He didn't say, wait, I am God, you are human. He said, come. He gave a word. He gave an instruction. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. So Jesus gave direction or gave a word Peter stepped out in faith. He was, he was able to walk on water. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out and said, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he said, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? So we see Peter who moved from a point of fear to courage, taking a step, while walking on water, doing what God had called him to do, he started to look around. He saw the wind. He realized, but this is water. Fear welled up inside of him. He started to doubt. And he sank. And Jesus noticed that it is only because you doubted. And you moved from that faith you were working on. You lost direction from what I was calling you unto. These are the things that hinder us from Pursuing God's call and direction over our lives. When we start to doubt, lacking faith, fear, not seeking God, not knowing His voice. We can only know the voice of God contrary to all other voices if we continue to seek Him. Our human nature, reasoning things, trying to reason things, those also hinder us from pursuing God's call. Circumstances around us, our experience, remember Moses, he, he recalled, I killed an Egyptian, the Israelites, they fear me. 
why will they listen to me? Kumbulanu moso ugututabangi lugutige. Kona bante ngababulala bayazazne indabazami. Kunganbazongulalela na. Sin also hinders us from pursuing God's call. Nesono nchalo futisias vimbe la ugutige senze injongo gangulungulu. Jonah who ran away from the call of God. Ujono wabalega ektunye nungulungulu. Hearts that are not repentant. They also hinder us from the call of God. But praise be to God who is merciful. That when we run to him with humility repentant hearts seeking his face calling out unto him he is able to hear us because he's the one who directed us. He promised that he will never leave nor forsake us. He makes provision for the vision that he gives, he gives us. He corrects us when we go out of the way. All that he requires is a willing heart. A heart that is stayed on him. Can we stand on our feet? And just pray and ask God to forgive us. If at all there's anything in your life that God has called you unto and you have been delaying or being sidetracked. Can we pray and ask God to lead us back into the right path? Those of us who might have let go of our call, our desires, and our purpose. Let us pray and ask God to reignite that fire in us. Those that have discovered their calling and gifting in God and are busy pursuing it, let us pray that God helps us to remain strong and not allow circumstances to change or move us. Shall we pray? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word that reminds us that it is you who calls us, it is you who directs our steps, it is you who guides us in this path of life. May we be reminded that you are the one who called us. And when you called us, you had a purpose. You had a promise, O oh God. And you had a plan. May you reignite in us that fire for you. Reignite in us that zeal, that desire to pursue our call in you. Many of us, we used to be so on fire for you, wanting nothing but to live for you and to fulfill that which you have called us. But along the way, things happened. Things have changed. It might be fear that crept in. It might be 
our circumstances, it might be our past and our experiences. But today, oh God, we want to rise up out of our situations and remember that which you have spoken and declared over our lives. We believe that it is you who orders the steps of the righteous. Today, we pray and we ask that may our steps be ordered of you, oh God. Heavenly Father, just like you've said in your word that your sheep know your voice. I pray, Father, that, Lord, may we re be reminded of your voice. May we be reminded of your word in our lives and may we continue to follow it. I pray, Heavenly Father, that help us to remain standing, Jehovah not swayed back and forth by the winds of this world. But, Heavenly Father, may we fix our eyes upon you, Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith. May we know that it is you who has called us and it is you who will provide all that we need for us to see your plan and your purposes fulfilled in our lives. I pray for each and every one of us in this place that you will hear us when we call out unto you. That you will hear us and you will see us right in the depths where we are. And oh God, as we reach out unto you, just like Peter who was drowning, that your hand will not be too short to take us out of the depth that we are in. Murimwaka, that you will rescue us and you will set us up on the right path once again. That Lord, may it be you who shows mercy upon us. We come before you with hearts that are humble, hearts that are repentant, and we're saying, Lord, we forsake everything and we choose to follow you again. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we do not want to see destinies being aborted. We do not want to see the purposes ending without being fulfilled. But I declare right now that every person in this place and everyone back at home watching us right now, that Lord, you are releasing us and launching us into fulfilling that which you have called us unto. Mighty God, may we be reminded that we are not walking alone, but we have you with us, oh God, our Father who promised never to leave us, never to forsake us. We thank you, oh God, that we do not walk alone. You are with us every step of the way. It does not matter what we face in this world, for greater is the one in us than the one who is in this world. Lord Almighty, remind us of your promises. May we hold on to each and every one of them, every word that you have spoken over our lives it will surely come to pass we thank you oh god we give you glory we give you honor in the mighty name of jesus and let the church of god say amen